Hello, and welcome back to All Things Mysterious. I'm Jordan. I'm Matt. And we're glad you joined us to discuss some supernatural, true crime, world mysteries, and the unexplained. Okay, Matt, so what if I told you over 1,400 people have gone missing and no one actually investigated it? I wouldn't believe you at all. What if I told you that there was even a pattern? Nope. Unless it's checkerboard, I don't care. What if some people went missing, but then they were found miles from where they went missing, but they didn't know what happened and couldn't figure it out and weren't unable to get there themselves? I would say that one of them is probably a Chester. Not Chester. Definitely not Chester. Because if it's Chester, then I just don't care about it. So go on. Well, I feel like you're going to care about this. I feel like you're going to care. So our case today is brought to you by a former police officer named David Politis. Uh, David Politis is a former police officer, and he went on to write several books, uh, many of which were on this exact subject. He called it Missing 411. I got a question. What? What was his occupation before this? He was a police officer. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah, he was. He was a missing uh, former police officer. <laughs> he was a missing um, police officer? Yes, he was. He was a missing police officer. Holy crap. Was he from Welch, Oklahoma? He was not. Okay. He was not. Um, anywho, he calls it Missing 411, and people are going missing in national parks, and no one seems to be keeping track of this phenomenon. National parks are big areas. I don't blame them. That seems like a lot of work. I mean, it does, but at the same time, he's like really kept track of this and he's written a whole slew of books on this. He's got several documentaries on it. And I've done a case today on his documentary called Missing 411. There's a few documentaries, but this one's specifically on the original Missing 411. And a lot of you are probably familiar with this, but I'm not going into specific details because today we're just going to look into just what is actually happening. So just a heads up, some of these may be a little bit difficult to listen to. Dior Kuntz was two years old when he went missing on July 10th, 2015 on a family camping trip with his parents, his great grandfather and a friend of his great grandfather's, Isaac. The night before he went missing, and the morning of his disappearance, supposedly everything was perfectly normal. They got supplies, set up camp at the Timber Creek Campground in Lettowore, Idaho, in between two national parks, and then settled in for the night. The next morning, they got up, made breakfast, relaxed. Um, sometime around lunch, his parents, Jessica Mitchell and Ronald Dior Kuntz, um, decided to find a place to either fish or find some fish for Dior to see, and left him with his great-grandfather, Robert, he also goes by Bob, Walton. They said they only went about 50 yards before finding some minnows that he might like to see, but when they went out to go get him, he was gone, and Robert, the great-grandfather, says he actually didn't hear the request to watch him and thought he'd went with his mom and dad. They weren't even gone for maybe not even half an hour, but Dior was completely missing. So they searched for him. They called off thinking he just wandered off. You know, he's two. They do that. And 
As soon as they couldn't find him, they called 911 about 2.30 p.m. Search and rescue came as fast as they could. Obviously, it took a second for them to get signal to call. They're in the middle of nowhere, right? Never once have they found a shred of evidence from where Dior actually went. I just want to say that is an awesome name. Um, and I'm going to play, you know, the skeptic here. Go right ahead because plenty of people have. Because honestly, to me, the simplest solution here is the grandfather killed the kid. Um, it just, his story doesn't make sense. Why, you know, he was asked to watch the kid, but then he didn't. And then the parents just left him, which it just, there's too much that just doesn't add up in this one. According to all of the different news articles that I read, um, I could cite them all, but there's so many sources. Um, they all say that they asked him and they thought that he had heard them cause he kind of looked back at him and he just didn't hear. Which he understandable, I in a way, I guess. But Dior kind of followed after them a little bit and then sat down and stayed ended up staying with his grandpa or great grandfather. And then when they came back, they asked, Hey, where's Dior? And he said, I thought he went with you. Where were the parents? They went to go look at fish so that they could go see if they could either fish or find fish for Dior to see. So that's my other suspect in this is obviously the parents mm -hmm. uh, because they took off. No one can actually say that, you know, the boy was left behind. Even the grandfather, great grandfather, whatever, even he can't say that the boy was still there. So do we know that he wasn't with the parents? Well, that's the thing. It's. We know for sure he was spotted at a shop in town the day before. So we know for sure there's a, a good timeline and evidence of where he was. So we know for sure he was there and he's been spotted. There's evidence, but where was he after that? Now there's another thing, like there's people who think if he wandered off, maybe there was a wild animal that got him or something along those lines too. Um, he was always wearing these cowboy boots that were a size too big for his feet. You know how kids are. They want the, they want to wear the shoes. They want to wear the really cool shoes that are way too big, but they were always falling off of his feet. Things like that. They were always falling off. They said that every 10 set, like every couple steps, they were just falling off of his feet. They had to put him back on. So where are the shoes? If he wandered off, if an animal got him, where were the shoes? But also at the same time, if something happened to him and there was this massive search, they, and I mean that they did a thorough search. They blocked off the creeks. They like dried the creeks. They had dogs out there, search and rescue animals. Where would, where would they have gone within a day? I mean, ultimately they're going to, their search radius isn't going to be, you know, super extensive, uh, maybe a few miles at most. And how long were the parents gone for? 20 minutes. Verified 20 minutes or roughly 20 minutes. 
roughly 20. The thing about the area is that in order to get out there, the actual road is so rocky that you can't really drive past about 10 miles an hour. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, unfortunately in this one, it seems like the parents are the prime suspects, obviously. Uh, and a lot of people do think that, but there's also a lot of people who also believe that something did happen to Dior. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you got people on both sides who would want it to be something other than, you know, I mean, nobody wants to believe that a parent could murder their own child. Of course. I mean, nobody wants that to happen either. Obviously. But, but if something did happen to him, like... Why would they do all the things that they did? Like, would they have waited to call 911? Would, you know, I feel like things would have gone differently. I mean, that's just my opinion, though. Yeah. Problem I have is we ultimately, because you said the last time the boy was seen by anybody besides the family. It was, was the, day the before. evening before, I believe. The afternoon, the evening before. Yeah, so we don't even know if the... You know, it may have even been that morning because I think they might have went shopping, but I couldn't verify that. But either way, I mean, once, you know, the last time the boy was seen in public, Dior, right? Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to mess that up, but, uh, you know, the last time we hit someone in public saw him. Mm-hmm. That was the last time we know for sure that he was alive. Yeah, and there's been like a huge FBI investigation on it, all sorts of things. And they've never officially opened up. Like the, everybody, as far as I can tell, has been cleared. No, I mean, I think being cleared doesn't necessarily mean that they're not guilty. I mean, we'll have to see. But John Bonet's parents were cleared. That's fair. But anywho, we have more cases to go over. All right, let me shred the rest of them and let's go. Of course. That's okay. I knew you would. Leave the fancy buttons on your new machine alone. He got a fancy new machine and he won't leave it. Yeah. That fancy new machine. <laughs> anyway, case number two. Bobby Bizup was at a church camp just outside Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado when a counselor from camp went to call him in for dinner about 6 p.m. Uh, Bobby was hard of hearing, um, so the counselor kind of watched to make sure he was coming. You know, kind of watched behind him. You can't tell. He's like, hold on, you coming? Um, looked behind him to make sure he was coming on the trail and looked back ahead of himself, the counselor did, because the trail's kind of narrow, looked back around, and Bobby was gone. Seconds. Um, That's all it took, was seconds, and Bobby was gone. As soon as, he just figured Bobby just stepped off the trail for a second, looked back around, called for him. Bobby's hard of hearing, so he went back, looked for him, figuring Bobby just stepped off the trail and Bobby was just gone. So obviously counselor went back to camp, 
search team was called, etc. They searched for miles, and I mean miles, extensively, and not a single trace of him was found until a year later when a spot that is documented to have been searched over three times, counselors from that same camp were hiking and found his hearing aid and his remains. How do you somehow see, like, how? I mean, obviously, the camp counselor is the main suspect. You would think so. These are skeletal remains. They had been there. But they had search dogs. They had all of that fun stuff. And it was in a boulder field. It was three miles from camp. So they couldn't figure out, A, how he got there from where he was. B, it was already searched over at least three times. And C, like, they could never figure out his cause of death either. Wow. To be fair, uh, I have little kids and I've asked them to look for stuff before and they could literally search, you know, their entire room and can't find it. And then I walk in the room and it's right in front of their face. That's fair. Um, But these are trained search and rescue groups. Not to throw back too much, but so were the Welch detectives in Oklahoma and we see where that got us. You have a point. You have a point. This is fair. This is fair. Hold but on. regardless. Would you say that I have a valid point? Oh no, what are you doing? Do I have a valid point? I don't I don't know. What button are you gonna push on that thing? Just tell me, do I have a valid point? I'm afraid of what button you're gonna push. Uh, you'll find out. Just say <sighs> you, have, you have a valid point, Matthew. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh my god. Oh my God. Anywho, they still don't know his cause of death, nor how he actually got that far up there. And still to this day, we have no idea what happened to Bobby. Camp counselor did it. They've been cleared. Again, John Benet's parents, or John. John Benet Ramsey. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You're welcome. Her parents have been cleared. Oh my Lord. Case number three. This one's hard because he's three years old. Can we have some non-kid related ones? No. Sorry. I don't know why, but this documentary focused on children. And I don't know why, but (laughs) it it was sad. Jared Adadero was three years old in 1999 when he and his six-year-old sister, Jocelyn, went with a church group um, to a fish hatchery in Roosevelt National Forest in Colorado with permission from their father. Um, The adults in the group planned on just going to the fish hatchery, but when they got there, decided they were going to go on one of the trails. And plans changed, and they were like, eh, we're just going to go on the trails. Their father did not know this, And as children do, Jared, little three-year-old, decided to start running way ahead of the whole group. And the adults in the group kind of started doing the whole thing where like, 
one adult started thinking that the other was watching him and the other adult started thinking the other adult was watching him and they lost sight of him. And that's horrible, but it's kind of what happened. And he ran out ahead. They thought he was okay, you know. Um, they called out for him, and there were a couple times he came back and everything was fine. And he ran out a little further ahead, and then he didn't come back. And panic. Cue the panic. So, obviously, search and rescue, yada yada. That's how it goes. Um, one of the biggest search and rescues in Colorado history came out, including like search dogs, helicopters, dive teams, everything. Nothing. Until 2003. This one gets me. Because in 2003, some hikers randomly found his clothing. And this one's kind of weird to me because they found, the very first thing they found was one of his shoes. And a lot of people seem to think that after they found his shoe, which they did, they found his body, uh, or at least his skeletal remains, but his shoes were so clean. Now, he disappeared in 1999 and they found him in 2003. His shoes were so clean. There were no scuffs. There were no like drag marks, okay? They still don't know what happened to him. There was no official cause of death. Even though a lot of people are like pretty sure that he got attacked by a mountain lion. But, but, there was no blood found on any of his clothing. And they even had his clothing tested for animal hairs and there was no animal hairs found on his clothing, and his pants were found inside out. I can't even make jokes about this. Took all my wind out. Uh. So, I know, I know. Well, it gets, it gets better as it goes. Not better necessarily, but you have to think more about it as it goes, you know, because how in the world? Because his shoes were so clean. So like, what happened? How were the, after years of being outside in the mountains, in rocks, in the wilderness, in a national park, I don't know, but I want a pair of those shoes. Yeah, no joke. They held up really well. I put my brand new shoes on, and even before I moved, they got scuffs on them. I mean, that's accurate. Like, they don't hold up at all anymore. Like, at all. Zero. And don't get me wrong, like, there were some holes and stuff in the clothing, but, like, no mountain lion DNA, no hairs... No, nothing, even though a lot of authorities are like, oh yeah, mountain lion, for sure. But like, even grown adults had problems hiking to the area. So like, how did a kid get up there? And I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure that an animal probably could have. Obviously they live up there, but like, how? How does a kid get all the way up there? How? Yeah, I mean, 
true story once I had, you know, my daughter, when she was young, she was probably two years old. She somehow climbed on top of the refrigerator. That is impressive. Yeah. Uh, kids will find a way, but again, I mean, I'm going to take the easy answer again because a lot of these cases, you have to take the word of somebody. And obviously they might have a reason why they cleared them as suspects, but I still don't. And especially when you, you know, a child, um, a lot of times it is the parent who's involved. Yeah. Or a parent or, you know, close family friend. Yeah. And... I mean, not saying that there's nothing here, but unfortunately, the easy answer is that the parents had something to do with it. Yeah, whether it was on purpose or an accident and they just got scared and tried to cover it up. Yeah. The thing to me, his clothes, you know, especially his pants being inside out, which granted, you know, he could have been hypothermic and, you know, there's the phenomenon where when you, you know, get so cold that you eventually start feeling hot. So he could have, that's true. Yeah. It could have got really cold and he could have just felt like he was burning up and took his own clothes off. That's true. But I don't, I don't think I'm gonna let you pick cases anymore. (laughs) Well, the last one's good though. The last one's good. It better be. I promise the last one's good. I don't end things on a bad note. We haven't even started on a good note yet. I don't end things on a bad note. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. So, Keith Parkin. Matthew. Matthew. Keith Parkins was two years old when he and his brothers went to go see a new calf that was born at their family's barn in Ritter, Oregon on April 10th in 1952. After being called back in by his family and not showing up with his brothers and not being found at the barn, they called for search and rescue, um, which was surprisingly effective in 1952, believe it or not. About 200 searchers came around to search, which is pretty dang effective, if you ask me. Um, Eventually, and this is shocking to me, they did a really, really good job. They eventually searched a huge radius and found his footprints five miles away in a cattle field. Five miles. Hmm. The next morning, they found him eight miles away from the barn, alive. He was scratched up and he had some frostbite, but he was okay. Um, Obviously, he was really cold and he had taken off his jacket and his hat and he was like two and a half, but he had no recollection and couldn't explain why or how he had gotten that far. And here's the thing. So the terrain up there is rough and he had to go through so many barbed wire fences and he had cuts and scrapes all over his jacket and his pants and everything else was torn to shreds. And it was full of brush and it was up hills and down hills, like so much brush 
they were in the documentary showing how much brush that he had to actually like climb straight through and there was still snow on the ground. So how in the freaking world? And it's not, that's just eight miles as the crow flies. It's closer to 12 if you actually map it out. As a two and a half year old, I how mean, in the world and why? I, I've heard you almost completely give up on life for having to walk down the stairs. So that yeah, is that's impressive. just down the stairs. That's not even up. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't even want to hear what it sounds like when I have to go up the stairs. Okay. <laughs> no joke. And that, that's another story for another time. I don't have that much time. I know. Uh, but, and I, I've heard different versions of this story actually. Cause one, I know that there's, I don't know if it was a rumor or if it was, but there was one, I think there was one part version of the story that the kid kept saying something about like a big hairy man. I didn't hear anything about that part. Yeah. I think the, I think this part of the story was, you know, altered cause you know, obviously trying to say that was Bigfoot. Uh, it's definitely possible because David Politis does have an obsession with Bigfoot and yeah. he has a whole nother, um, book about Bigfoot. Feel free to check that out as well. Cause I'm sure it's good and I plan on reading it. Um, but my goodness, like, you know why 200 people showed up to help to look for Bigfoot? No, cause they didn't have internet. So they didn't have anything better to do. Probably. That's not, I mean, that's not, I mean, I guess it's better, ha happier ending than the last one. Oh yeah, he's still alive and well. Yeah, but I mean, there was no like cryptoids or, you know, no Bigfoot. But think about how did he get there? I'm disappointed. How did he get there? Again, kids will find a way, like. In freezing cold temperatures, through all of the brush, through cattle, through barbed wire fencing. I, I'm telling you know, a lot of stories, uh, but when my daughter was young, we were living in a house, obviously. We're always living, living in a house. house. Wow, good job. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I promise we still live in a house. <laughs> Moving but up in the world. She, okay, so in this house, you know, the kitchen had the side door, which went out to the garage, and then the garage had a door to go to the backyard. Right. My daughter somehow in the time span of like nanoseconds, because I was in the kitchen doing dishes and she was just playing. Next thing I know, I look over and the side door is open. I, you know, go out to the side door because it's this door is it was an old house. So like if you ever lived in an old house, you know, sometimes the doors stick and it's really yeah. hard. And this door in particular, like you could hear it open, but I didn't hear it open. And then I look out the back door, the back door's wide open. And I like go out the door. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Literally my daughter is back in the back of the fence, almost open in the gate door, the fence gate. All that to say, kids will find a way to ruin your day. Oh yeah, no, they will. They will. They're crafty. Yeah. Especially yours. 
swear to God, they're escape artists. No, I believe you. But like, I'm just saying, that is a far cry from like at least eight miles. Yeah, but that was like 30 seconds. Imagine if I didn't, you know, didn't lay eyes on them for a minute. They probably would have. In the freezing cold? They probably would have built a nuclear reactor and blown up the whole world. I don't know. In freezing cold weather? I mean. <laughs> Y'all, a mouse just. <laughs> no one's gonna understand this, but this was great. A mouse just ran across the floor, <laughs> and we both saw it, and we just. Froze. There was a look. Yeah. There was a look. Oh my god. Okay. Focus. Oh lord. Anywho. Anyways, my point is kids will literally you got I mean I I I'm not against GPS and kids just to keep an eye on them. That's what I'm trying to get at here. They are crafty. You got to like especially when they're younger, you got to just watch them all the time. No, you do. I know you do. Like it's. We could have an hour obviously. podcast of just me telling stories about my girls when they were younger, when I took my eyes off them for like two seconds. And I mean, probably more than an hour podcast, honestly, but. Probably. Point knowing is, your kids, knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the stories I could tell. But. Uh, no, but I mean, my point is, is kids are resilient more resilient than we give them credit for uh it really you know i get the you know to an adult walking eight miles or you know 12 miles or whatever it actually was is an accomplishment but you're talking about kids who have unlimited energy like we could literally if we could bottle up their energy oh god i know i've seen it oh i would I would kill for just one bottle of energy from a child. Amen to that. That would be amazing. But I mean, but obviously this these story. are just children. These are yeah. just these are just some of the some of the ones that happen to children. This is not just all the cases. In his book, which I've I've seen samples of, I've not bought it because I'm not gonna lie to you, it's a really expensive book. But he's got like a hundred cases of just a whole bunch of people that have either gone missing, reappeared on top of cliffs, like people, not just children, but like grown adults that have just come back, not realized where they were, had no recollection of how they got there. Highly recommend it. I plan on buying it when I have the money because it's a, I, I know it's going to be good. I have, I, I know it will be, I know it will. But what we want to know is how, like, what causes this? Is it paranormal? Is it because something crazy happens in national forests? Is it because people just do crazy things in national forests and get away with it? Is it because Bigfoot's out there? It's always Bigfoot. Uh, My, you know, the only thing that I've took from all these stories is don't go outside. (laughs) Outside is bad. Stay inside. I mean, inside has air conditioning, so 
I'm, I'm okay with that. Or yeah. heat. There we go. We just solved, we solved all the cases. Just don't go outside and you won't go missing. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, okay. This was an interesting episode. <laughs> I stressed Matt out, you guys. I stressed him out. <laughs> and I don't know why, like, so I'm gonna give you a little behind the scenes here. So when we record, we record two episodes at a time. Jordan's episode and my episode. <laughs> and for some reason, we I always let Jordan go for it first. And I make him really mad. And then I gotta come out with my episode and I gotta be my cheerful self. <laughs> and it just it's hard. Like Because I make him upset. Yeah. Literally. Like the, you know, the, the Laura Bible case that just, and we recorded that episode twice. We had to record a lot of our episodes twice yeah. because of audio issues. And, and I just make him, I make him mad every single time. But I, I like the cases that make you feel things. I don't know how, but literally the second time we did it made me more angry than the first time. <laughs> I, I don't understand it, but it's because I got better at retelling it. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it was that or if it just I had more time to think about it or I, I don't know. <laughs> All I know is you don't get to pick stories anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm still picking stories, Matthew. So from now on, we're gonna set up a poll on Facebook on our Facebook page. Oh, calm down. My next one will be entirely supernatural, and it won't make you sad. I don't believe you. It will be 100% supernatural. Calm down. I'll skip true crime for a second. Uh, it's not even the true crime that's the issue. <laughs> you choose children. <laughs> I will skip it for a minute. They deserve justice. They do. But also, I want to have a good night. <laughs> Unacceptable. Oh my God. That's going to take getting taken out of context. Um, not what I meant. <laughs> okay, I think it's time to end this. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you all for listening to All Things Mysterious. You can find links to all of our social medias below for information, sneak peeks, and laughs. As always, here at All Things Mysterious, we keep you guessing.